Ryan Hawkinsmith, we like to start this podcast in dramatic places, in places where something of great import is happening. And I didn't realize that Desert Financial Credit Union in Phoenix would qualify as one of these places. Oh, it absolutely qualifies. Absolutely. Uh, I was there to see Anthony Robles, who was the 2011 NCAA wrestling champion. Tonight, it is about perspiration, motivation, and more importantly, inspiration. A young man from Arizona, born without the use or any right leg, and Anthony Robles is now seven minutes away from a national championship. Who had uh, been born with one leg and accomplished something that Phil Knight, the Nike chairman later told him is the greatest athletic accomplishment he had ever seen. And I was there that day in May because I wanted to see him do what might be more impressive, which is he was there in the lobby of a credit union in Phoenix to attempt the world record for most pull-ups in 24 hours. And every time I saw the number and what he was going to try to do, I thought there has to be a typo because the current record, the one that he was chasing that day, 7,716 pull-ups in 24 hours. I mean, Ryan, everything about this record is ridiculous to me. The number 7,715, the current record, is ridiculous. The fact that he has to do it in a single day, which involves a sleep strategy, an endurance strategy, is ridiculous. So what motivates a person to even try this? I mean, the short answer is I don't know. I mean, this is, I got so fascinated <laughs> by this story because, you know, some of these endurance things that athletes do, I mean, most of the sports we love we are 10 second bursts. They're incredible dunks or a home run or they're great. They're great TikToks or gifts. Yes. That. Yes. They're these explosive, incredible things that we can't believe. But when you ask someone to do that for a day straight, it is. It defies logic. I'll never forget, I decided to look up before I started doing this story. I wonder what the military branches test for. I mean, what, what are pull-ups a part of it? And it turns out to get into the military, uh, some of the military branches, they require you to be able to do three pull-ups. Okay, three pull-ups. <laughs> the idea that you would do like 2,500 times what is necessary according to the lights of, yeah, the armed forces feels a little much. Yeah. But that's what people like Anthony Robles, that's what makes him so fascinating. The limitations that you might think apply, they don't think. When you say this is dangerous or scary or impossible or silly, they're like, sign me up. And so that's what I wanted to see live. And that's what I did see. And so what is, for context sake here, what is Anthony Robles' day job? Well, he has a full life. He's the head coach at the high school that he wrestled at as a kid, Mesa High School. And he, he just got married. His wife, Laura, is pregnant with their first child. She's a real estate agent, and he does a lot of the, the, the grunt work for her some days. So he, he has a full life. And one of the things that drew me to this was when I was talking to him in advance, the stakes of this for him. He is this like great athlete who's 33 years old, and he was looking for one last big challenge. You don't train for this for six weeks. You do it for two years. 
That's what he did. And so he worked for two years. They had this agreement. And um, I'll never forget the the quote that he gave to me right, right before, which he said, I promised Laura that this would be it. Let's be honest here. There are a lot of really stupid Guinness World Records. Like the world record for most live snails on a person's face, 43. Or most spoons balanced on body, 85. Or most couples eating a single piece of spaghetti simultaneously, 433, apparently. And yes, these are actual records, actual numbers. But then there's the number 7,715. As in 7,715 pull-ups. As in the number that arguably and impossibly looms over all others as the most significant and most seriously contested fitness record on planet Earth. So today, Ryan Hockensmith tells the story of a world record that truly means something in the man who set out to break it. I'm Pablo Torre. It is Tuesday, July 5th. This is ESPN Daily. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ryan Hockensmith, this is where I should confess to you that pull-ups to me are a traumatic experience. <laughs> like trying to do them in phys ed in high school, not, not my finest hour. I should say. They are an incredible physical challenge. And so it is a gym class nightmare for so many of us, the idea that you have to do a couple of these to pass. And um, But it is a great exercise. When I talked to fitness experts, they were like, the pull-up has stood the test of time. There's basically three exercises that have held up for eternity. One is uh, push-up, another is squats, and the other is pull-ups. And the, the common thread there is it's you versus your own body. And it is a great way to test both physical strength, endurance, and also mental, just the mental uh, ability to just power through something that seems so simple and is not. It is very difficult to do even one pull-up. Yeah, I got to say, I lost to me a lot. I don't have a great record against me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Tori is undefeated against Pablo, I think, uh, when, it comes, <laughs> when it comes to pull-ups. It's a really hard exercise, you know? It is really difficult. And so the man who refuses to lose to himself, Anthony Robles, the man who is going after this record that is approximately, I'm doing the math here, 
2,500 times the military-grade baseline for pull-ups, meaning the things that you do with your palms facing outward, right, towards the bar, away from you. That's different from a chin-up. Where does that guy come from? Like, what is he known for first and foremost? Well, he... He's like an athletic cheat code. I mean, he's just like this remarkable athlete. And, and he came to wrestling late in his high school career. And he ended up becoming an iconic college athlete, college wrestler. As a senior at Arizona State, he was an incredibly dominant wrestler. And won the Hodge Award is basically wrestling's version of the Heisman. And he did it in just incredibly dominant fashion. I mean, he was blowing people's doors off. He had... He had been tortured, basically, as a young wrestler. It's a sport that is so cruel. You know, you, right. you, are, you are encouraged to just take someone down and break them, push their face into the mat, rip their neck around, do all of the stuff um, to grind somebody into the ground. And he endured that. And I wrote a line in the story that by his senior year, he had become what he endured. He was the guy that if he got you down, which he always did, he would just grind you to a pulp. And he did that all year. He had become unstoppable, which is actually the title of his autobiography. Yes, he's this inspirational figure who has inspired countless people because, and we do need to reiterate this major fact about Anthony Robles here, because of course you cannot see this on a podcast. The fact that he's born with only one leg in a sport like wrestling where you need every inch, every part of your body to be leveraged to conquer your opponent. How was Anthony Robles so successful at that? He is very strong. His body weight is a little lower without one leg. But the, the disadvantages that he describes are incredible. And he spent years getting thrown around. I mean, I use the word ragdolled. That's what happened. I mean, he got thrown around and just abused. Kids, kids easily destroyed him, you know. And grappling um, is, is it's an incredibly important sport to have a, a strong base. A strong base oftentimes wins a wrestling match. And so it took years and years and years of failure. You know, I went out there, got my butt kicked, <laughs> got thrown around, but... Uh... Instantly, the passion for wrestling um, was born. You know, it was just like I walked away from that practice and like my eyes were wide. I was I was excited. I had this this passion to dive into wrestling, to learn more about it and be the best that I could be in it. The most interesting description that Anthony had about himself was he laid out this scenario about his mentality and also the physical capabilities of his body. The way I approached it, it was like a, saw myself as like a like a snake you know, like a rattlesnake, like, you know, extended, I'm not that dangerous. But when I'm coiled up, you know, when I have my leg tied underneath me, that's when I can strike. You know, that's where, that's where I'm deadly. And so when you talk to Anthony, Ryan, and you ask him about the origins of the type of ambition that he has, even beyond like the bullying and the being thrown around the wrestling mat, where does he go? What does he talk about? Well, he points to his mom. You know, she she was 16 years old, had to drop out of high school when she got pregnant with Anthony. And um, he never did meet his dad. He never has. Um, and so his mom dropped out, had him, got married, had a few other kids. And so she she never had a chance to finish high school or go to college or anything like that. But she has since then. She went back, got her GED, and just grinded away for years and years and years as she's raising these kids 
chipping away at college credits. And a few weeks, uh, a few weeks ago, right before this challenge, um, she got her doctorate in higher education. And so, you know, she goes by Judy Robles with her kids, but the the rest of the world calls her Dr. Judith Robles now. And she she really is as unstoppable as he is. And that's where he he points directly at her as as a reason that he is where he is. You know, I mean, just to see her overcome her challenges and uh, not give up. I mean, that was something I learned from. You know, I learned it from my mom. It was that mentality of never letting that challenge become your excuse and never uh, accepting defeat. You know, never telling yourself it's too hard and tuck your tail and run away. You just dig down. You know, you, you grind through it. And my mom's the reminder of that. And how did Judy feel? How did how did Dr. Judith Robles feel about her son going after this sort of a record? Well, the challenge started at, at 9 a.m. And she showed up at 9 a.m. as Dr. Judith Robles, like dressed very professionally with a laptop. She's doing Zooms at, at the school she works at, Arizona State, all day. And then at 5.01, she disappeared and came back um, in all... Las Vegas Raiders gear. That is her <laughs> and Anthony's thing. It's a really cool dynamic to watch. The Raiders are a critical part of their connection, but like as a as a mom who's 16 years older than her son, you realize like they're they're actually kind of in the same demo. And so they have this like similarity um, as far as sensibility that it, it's like it's parental, but it's also kind of like cool aunt or cousin. And it was just like remarkable to see her sit down there because when she got into the Raiders gear, she was like whooping and hollering and riling up the crowd and cheering on Anthony as he was sort of hitting the dog days of this 24-hour challenge. Yeah, there is clearly a just win baby kind of philosophy <laughs> sure. running yeah. through this family. And and this record, I mean, it does take a village, right? It does, it, it has drawn a village of competitors. I mean, can you explain just the brief history of the pull-up record and why it is a thing of just mythology at this point? Well, I call it in the story the most famous fitness record, which I think you could debate, but I think it's true. I mean, there was a guy from uh, this legendary British fitness guru, Stephen Highland. He calls himself the oldest gymnast in the world. He established a record that's 4,000 pull-ups in 24 hours. He's in his 60s. He's kind of a famous guy. Um, and that got the attention of a guy named David Goggins, who um, at the time was well-known in the endurance world. He was sort of like this fascinating former Navy SEAL. He tried three times. Think about this. He tried three times to break the 4,020 that had been set by Stephen Highland. And one of the attempts was on the Today Show, so that got a lot of publicity on the record. And then eventually David Goggins, in his third attempt, broke it. He got it at, to 4,030. And... Subsequently, David Goggins wrote a book called Can't Hurt Me um, that came out in 2018, sold 4 million copies, got a lot more attention on the record. Yeah, and he's also this perpetually viral, like motivational speaker now who like is famous for his YouTube and Instagram videos. If you can't control your own brain and your brain controls you, you're f You gotta tell your brain where you wanna go and how you wanna go and how you wanna get there. You gotta control it. If not, it's over. Yeah, Goggins is us. I mean, for most of us that watch the NBA and the NFL and whatever other sports, we don't, we might not know the name David Goggins, but there's a whole world of athletes out there where he is a list. I mean, he's sort of the LeBron of that world. And, and so when he breaks this record, it seems 
per your reporting, like there's almost this Roger Bannister effect where the four minute mile has finally been broken. And then suddenly everybody tries to follow it. Everybody tries to one up everyone else. So when he broke it, it was cool. But that, that also, because he had tried it a couple of times, added a lot of mystique to it. And it just, it has, all those ingredients have come together. Right, and the current record now almost, yeah, doubling the 4,030 record that David Goggins had set in 2013. And so the current record holder, Ryan, as we enter this part of the story, who is that? Well, his name is Brandon Tucker. He is a uh, former Army Ranger, lives in Georgia, and he was discharged. It was heartbreaking uh, for him. He was discharged a few years ago due to a medical condition. He was going to be an Army lifer, uh, and it just didn't work out. And so he took a job as a personal trainer. He's a very physical guy, big guy. And um, he read the Goggins book, and he started thinking a lot about pull-ups. And so he did. He trained for a long time, and in October of 2019, he had this very distinct plan. And he put it into motion, and he he broke the world record. And the number was 7,715, which is basically doubling a record that had been set 10 years before. And so to get certified, to get your record officially recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records, Ryan, what does that take? Well, there's a couple ways to set it. And the Guinness record, the name still has a lot of juice. It had a lot of juice when I, when I was a kid, and it still does to this day. Um, and one, one way is to go on the Guinness website. They have very specific guidelines, and they will work with you if you want to set one, try to get one of these records, tell you what you need to do. But it's basically you have to film and document everything yourself. And then you submit it to them. They put it through a meticulous evaluation period. It takes at least 12 weeks, sometimes many months more, to kind of decide whether you had broken it or not. The other... Uh, is to pay to get Guinness to come out in person with cameras and judges. And it's an elaborate process. It costs quite a bit of money. But you, the bonus there is that you have people on set that can say immediately, you just broke the record. And that's, that's what the Robles camp chose. I mean, they knew that this was going to have a lot of visibility. So they spent the money, which was north of $15,000, for the Guinness crew. Um, and then the whole event, according to Robles' manager, was about $60,000. But they wanted to be able to do it in front of an audience and be able to say, yeah, he did it. It's set. The new, this is a new record. Coming up, we go back to Phoenix to watch Anthony Robles as this 24-hour clock begins to tick. Delicious meat, nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, 
Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. And so to set the scene here, Ryan, we are inside of this bank. We're inside of the Desert Financial Credit Union in Phoenix. And the cameras are there, the official cameras, the official judges from the UK are there. Good job. Good job. Anthony's mom, Judy, now dressed as a Raiders fan. Judy is there. Laura, his wife, who he promised that this is his last dance. She is there. They have friends and family and supporters. And they have all of the bankers there. And everybody seems like, because Robles has been, like, hired as a spokesperson, apparently, everybody seems um, as invested as you could possibly be in this record. Yeah, I groaned a little bit when I heard it was going to be at a, a credit union where he was a spokesperson. And, you know, I'm a cynical journalist, obviously. And, you know, it made me like, oh, God. And then I got there and I just, I they won me over. They love this guy. That's the impact of Anthony Robles. I saw it with these people at a credit union headquarters where it was just like, wow, everybody he interacts with is touched by him and, and inspired by him. And so... I eventually came to love the credit union setting. I loved it. (laughs) And so the event is scheduled to start at 9 a.m. local time, sharp, right? This is when this is all going to start live streaming. This is when everything is going to officially get counted for real. And take us through this. What happens? I've been to a lot of sporting events, Super Bowls and national title games and UFC fights. And I got to tell you, there was like an intensity in the room. And I think it can't be overstated enough, the idea that everybody in that room knew that this was Anthony's last athletic event. Like this is a great athlete saying goodbye, but man, he's going to go out with a bang. And so as nine o'clock crept up, it was just like, it was like a lot of anticipation, but also like some dread you know, like some fear, you know, like, is he going to do it? I hope he does it. That's kind of the vibe. And so Guinness started live streaming at about 8.55. Hi, I'm Amanda Marcus from Guinness World Records, and I want to welcome you to our incredible 24-hour attempt live stream. Anthony Robles is already a Guinness World Records title holder, but he's taking on a challenge like no other. The most pull-ups in 24 hours, and we're going to be here for every moment. At 9 o'clock, Anthony came out, and um, his coach said, hey, let's let's go. A lot of bankers, excited bankers. Everybody loves excited <laughs> bankers. Uh, hooping and hollering. Um, Dr. Judy Robles is yelling. His wife is yelling. Everybody's cheering him on, and so he he plows through 12 then 12 then 12 and it's only 9:03 a.m. and I'm looking at the clock and it's like okay this guy is he's going for it and he's going to get it that's how it felt 
there's 1,440 minutes in a day. And if you did not take any breaks, you would have to average a little over five pull-ups. That's with zero, zero minutes going to the bathroom, zero minutes laying down in a bank vault, which is what Anthony had to do. Um, so it's you have to do five every minute for every single minute of every hour. Yeah, I'm doing the math here. And that is one pull-up every 11 seconds. Ryan, and then you add the fact that, yeah, Anthony's got to take a break at some point, and so there is this bank vault, this spare movie bank vault in the building where there's an air mattress for Anthony to crutch over to if he needs it. And so the whole thing is just unbelievably tense and surreal. It does feel like the appropriate time to point out that there are critics of this man. There are critics of this man who point out, like, hey, only one leg means you have less to pull up. That there are advantages to being that guy in a sport where, you know, you're trying to lift and lower weight repeatedly. Yeah, I I knew as soon as I tweeted out the length of the story, I was like, how long till somebody goes back to this well again? Uh, Anthony, is he's heard this his whole life, and it's it's so silly. It doesn't add up if you spend 10 seconds thinking about it. Sure enough, I tweeted out, and somebody came in, well, he only has one leg. You know, obviously, he's good at pull-ups, and that's not what I saw that day. You can have no legs or 10 legs. If you weigh 165 pounds or 145 pounds, you either can or cannot pull your body weight up, and so... What I actually saw was an incredible disadvantage because it's really hard to get up and jump onto this bar and do these pull-ups. I mean, he did it about, it takes about 2,000 times to jump up on that bar. So it is an absurd entire body physical challenge. And I will also just say that Anthony, this is his latest attempt at a pull-up record. He has done many challenges over the years. And a lot of them involve lots and lots of weight being strapped to his back. So he has broken at one point or another the 60 pound on your back record for pull-ups in a minute. And also that he currently holds the record for 80 pounds uh, on his back. (laughs) So he weighs 145 pounds and he put 80 pounds on his back and did 225. So I just don't know. It's just an absurd, um, silly argument that he's advantaged in any way. And so at what point did you see any evidence of Anthony getting tired, Ryan, of him slowing down? And how did he address that? About a half hour in, I just was watching him sit in this chair in between sets. And he had a clock ticking down from one minute. And every time it got to zero, he jumped back up on the bar and he would do like 10 to 15 seconds straight of pull-ups and then sit down in the chair again and just watch that clock tick down again. And then I started to see him having some some hand issues and some form. It's very, very hard on your hands. It just rips your hands to pieces. David Goggins uh, used the phrase uh, hamburger meat to describe his his hands. And that's what I was like watching for that. And sure enough, they had these little gel packs. They were heating up in a, in a crock pot type thing. And they were going to drop them down into his, uh, he had some like sleeves on his forearms and then some gloves on. They were going to drop those in to sort of soothe his arms. And at one point, one of them got too hot and they dropped it down into his sleeve. And he told me later that it felt good, but what it was actually doing was singeing the skin off of his arm. And so he had this, it was like a quarter-sized 
pink spot that was just the skin was gone. And that was at like 9.45 a.m. And I was just like, all right, I'm ready to quit. Is this guy going to keep going? And of course, he, he was ready to go. Well, at like 12.45, there was this like flurry of activity and a bunch of new people that showed up. And then there was like some teaching happening. I was like, what is going on here? And it was explained to me that Guinness requires a change of counters. You have to have two counters and you have to change those two people out every four hours. And I said, why? And they were just like, well, you know, Guinness thinks that it's too tiring for the counters to to be focused and on track <laughs> after about four hours. And I was like, what about Anthony? You know, <laughs> poor Anthony's out here. And the, these guys counting his physical accomplishments are just like, I'm out, man. I'm, I got to go take a nap. And so it was remarkable. <laughs> it was remarkable. And it was just like yet another thing on the pile of things I was seeing that I was just like, this is so daunting. I can't believe a person is even trying this. Yeah, and this, Ryan, is where we put together the movie montage, right? This is where we get the inspirational 80s music laid underneath the, the scene of, of what appears to be the impossible becoming possible. Yeah, so by, <laughs> so by 11.08, that's like two, a little over two hours in, he's at 1,000 pull-ups. All right, he just hit 1,000. And then when the new counters came in at four hours, that's one o'clock p.m., he's at 1907. That's it, you got it. Another one. Oh my, outstanding job, Anthony. And then six hours in, he was at 2200. He was about 1100 ahead of the pace to break the record, but still 5,500 away, 5,500 more in the next 18 hours. And so by 345, he was up to a little, almost 2,400, still 5,000 away. All right, nice. All right. Yes. Good job. Good job. And by 5 o'clock, which was a targeted break time, he was at 2,690, so a little under 2,700. And... So at that point, he was on pace to, to shatter the record. And so he was on pace for 8,500, eight hours in. Okay, so the record is about to be obliterated by about 800 at this pace, Ryan. It's right past 5 p.m. And then what happens? So from 5 o'clock to 5.45, they had a built-in break. And so he went and he laid on the air mattress and took a break. And at 5.45, everybody's head turned, uh, heard the crutches coming, and he came flying into the room and um, got right up on the bar at, at exactly 5.45 in zero seconds. And there was about 25 people around, and he ripped off eight immediately. And so... I looked at him and I was like, oh my God, like he looks good. He looks, he looks like he did at 9 a.m. So, and then the next couple of minutes, he he just got up on the bar and again was going for double digits and getting them. And so I thought, boy, okay, so he's gonna he's gonna do this thing. And then at 5:52 p.m., um, he does his first one and he drops down. <laughs> and he just had this horrified look on his face and the entire place just went silent.
And so I know there are paramedics around. This is part of the official nature of all of this. What do they do? What do they say? Well, his coach, Andre Hicks, who's been with him for two years, he came running over and um, started massaging his left bicep and um, pulled out a bag of ice and put it on there. It looked like this is not good. And so they did end up calling over the paramedics and the paramedics kind of played around with his bicep a little bit and they weren't sure. The paramedics said to to Andre, the coach, you know, um, I can't tell if it's a tear. And I saw it on Andre's face. He wanted it really bad. So he said, you know, let's give it a minute. Let's give it a minute. And, and, and Anthony shook his head. And But three minutes went by and then five and then six and seven. And um, Anthony finally jumped up on the bar and tried another one. And he only got like maybe halfway up for the first pull up. And he dropped down again. He had that same look on his face. The room was silent. They were pretty far away from me, but you could hear what they were saying because just the it, the silence was deafening, you know? And I just, I'll never forget the quote. The, the paramedic was crouched down and he looked at Anthony in the face. Anthony seemed to really want to keep going. And the paramedic said to him, if you were my son, I would tell you to stop. You could see the devastation. You know, Laura, his wife had come over and, and Anthony had this sleeveless black shirt on and he pulled the shirt up over his head and you could see him crying under there. And it was just painful. It was the only sound in the room. And at that point, everybody realized that it was it was the right decision, you know? And there was this like haunting, the, the, the number on the wall said 2721. That's the number of pull-ups that he was at. And I don't think anybody was ready to say for sure that that was it, but that just felt like, oh, that's, that's the final number. I've been at a bunch of sporting events where there's like a crushing loss and you see fans crying. Yeah. And, you know, I was at the Seahawks Patriots Super Bowl where the, the half the stadium left devastated and the, one of the locker rooms was very sad. It was nothing compared to that room. I got to tell you, there was just complete devastation and the moment that really hit me though was that he crutched back behind this curtain with his family and I kind of scanned the room I saw a lot of tears all the credit union crew was really upset but then I saw the paramedic the guy who had said if you were my son I would tell you to stop and he was standing over there just sobbing himself and I just thought man this guy touched everybody everybody in this room is just devastated and heartbroken right now And so as you're standing and observing the human tableau that is unfolding inside of this credit union, Ryan, like, how do you proceed from here? Like, what happens next? It was so quiet for so long. The sadness just like lingered like a, like you could, it was like a physical presence. It was like a cloud in the room. And Finally, you know, Guinness was live streaming this. So they came out and Amanda Marcus, the host, gave a quick announcement. It's important to understand your body and put your health first. And that's what he's doing. And we look forward to seeing him come back even stronger and fresher for record attempts in the future. Personally, I have never walked into a room and felt more people connected or inspired to the talent and human being in front of them. Nobody said it was over, but like they didn't need to. And eventually 
um, you know, Anthony crutched out and got on the Guinness camera. I mean, it was, it's like making me a little choked up right now, to be honest, like thinking back to it. But she just kind of applauded him for the effort. And then Anthony got up and he was still crying and he tried to get through it without crying some more, but he, but he couldn't. I just want y'all to know I, I gave my best today. Um, whether I was going to break the record or not, I was going to go to the very end. No matter if it was one pull up every minute, I was going to go to the very end. Anthony referenced one of his favorite quotes. It was from Bruce Lee. Um, you know, one of my favorite quotes from Bruce Lee, and it says, don't feel failure because in glorious attempts, it's glorious even to fail. And I mean, today was, it's been amazing. I just want to thank everyone here for your support. He quoted him and then they turned it over to Kathy Graham. Um, and it, again, you know, this is a, a credit union uh, VP, so I wasn't sure uh, how corporate it was going to be. But she said, I'm going to fall apart as I say that what I want to say. And she did. She fell apart. I want to read something and I'm going to try really hard not to cry until after I'm done. It's not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat. Yeah, I gotta say, this is a rare, genuinely appropriate occasion for the man in the arena speech by Teddy Roosevelt that she's reading. Knows in the end triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails, while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. We love you. And it was very emotional. It made a lot of people, uh, moved a lot of people to tears in the crowd and the whole room was a mess. But it was a it was a happy mess, you know. Anthony's quote about how you know aiming low in life is really the the failure, and I think that's how the whole room felt. There was about fifty people there, and when he got done, everybody stood and clapped, and it felt like a great victory somehow. Yeah, Ryan, that's not exactly how I had predicted that the movie was going to end. Right? I mean, this is. May of 2022, we're in this bank, and the record survives. 7,715. Brandon Tucker's record does not become Anthony Robles' record. The impossible remains impossible, at least this time for him. And so where does Anthony go after leaving the bank? Well, he got into the car and they took him immediately to the emergency room and he found out he had indeed torn a tendon in his bicep, but not the bicep itself. He has gotten several follow-ups and he's been told multiple times if he had torn the actual bicep, he might never be able to do a single pull-up again. That's how impactful a torn bicep is. So in retrospect, that paramedic who told him, if you were my son, I would tell you to stop may have actually saved his entire bicep. It may have it may have saved the whole day. Um, and so this was this was supposed to be it for Anthony Robles. And then a, a torn tendon is a big setback. Um, he's out of commission for a while. But I will tell you that uh, <laughs> the movie gets a little predictable here, Pablo, because <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Anthony Robles is not somebody who has ever quit doing anything in his life. And um, so even with with tears in his eyes in that back room, his wife, who they have just like an amazing supportive relationship. And um, she had been hoping this would be his last big physical challenge attempt. Um, She was in that back room. And she said to him, I, I know how much this means to you. If you want to go for it again, let's go. And so he will be healing up and beginning training again. And he is going to run it back probably by the end of 2022 or early 2023. And um, when I talked to him recently, he referenced that snake quote again. Uh, and he said, you know, I'm ready to uncoil one last time. Ryan Hockett-Smith, thank you for telling us the story of a very happy mess. Thank you for having me. I'm going to hit the gym. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>